You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mixing Music Podcast. This is part two of my interview with Riyadh out in L.A. Riyadh is a good friend of mine who I went to high school with and is now interning and assisting for Omas Keith out in L.A. Hear his story about how he got to that position and how he's leveraging his work in part one. In this part two, we're going to learn about some of the things that he's learned from Omas and some of the benefits that he's had on his career, deciding to work and intern for someone else versus starting his own career wherever he was. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and uh, we're doing a part two. Riyadh's still here with us. Um, We were just going to get into the juicy parts, into the good parts, stuff that we can all learn from. Um, If you haven't heard about Riyadh, go listen to the previous episode, uh, part one, where he kind of goes through the story of how he got to where he's at right now. Um, and how he's kind of like done his way of, um, boosting his career and, and, and progressing and growing. Now he did just to recap, he took a special route that not many other people have the guts to take. And that is he decided to go intern for someone, start from the bottom of the barrel again, go drop everything, leave his girlfriend. Um, if, if, did I get that right, Riyadh? Yeah. Yeah. Like literally dropped everything, and um, <clears throat> in exchange for trying to take the next step, interning for Omas Keith, who has won a Grammy for producing um, uh, Agent Orange by Frank Ocean. Um, how's life out there in LA, and how's it like interning for Omas? It's crazy. <clears throat> uh, I was talking about how. Um, I used to watch a lot of like interviews, documentaries, things like that, motivational like speeches and stuff um, <clears throat> in order to be like motivated. It's it's kind of weird, like working with Omas, being around these producers, these artists, all these people. I don't have to like watch interviews or documentaries or motivational speeches because like it's it's like having the Internet alive in person, which is wild (laughs) it's just inspirational all the time to be honest yeah um my like process has changed completely like the way that i think about making music is completely different the way i think about gear is completely different engineering producing so let's talk about that let's talk about that let's start with um 
the technical <clears throat> knowledge that you picked up from Omos and then go into the professional business knowledge and experience that you've gained, right? And maybe even talk about some of the credits that you've earned from it as well. So let's start with some of the technical stuff. Like, what was some of the stuff that you learned specifically from being with Omos in person that you could not have learned um, just at home? Um, you kind of like have doubts when you're an artist, when you're recording, when you're learning all these processes. So your thought process is like, oh, get the best gear and then your music will be great. And that's kind of like the mentality that I had when I was back in Virginia. So, you know, I, you know, bought outboard gear and like an incredibly expensive microphone and soundproofed my room and got like really good Adam um, speakers and, you know, the list goes on. <clears throat> and I wasn't foca uh, focusing as much on like the actual like creation of the uh, like the music. So, you know, the biggest lesson that I've learned from like working with Omos is like, you know, gear is great. And like, you know, obviously like you can't polish, you know, crap. So like putting, you know, good product in starting out is, is, is the best move, but it's literally second to like writing a song, like the actual song and how, how it's made is so much more important than, you know, how it's recorded, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, working with Omas, that was like the biggest thing that I learned. And I feel like I wouldn't have been able to like, kind of be okay with that, like that thought, that process, um, if I didn't hear it from the man himself. Um, so yeah. And just a lot of like Pro Tools things. Um, you know, his big thing is he's like a sampler. Like he loves to sample. Um, so like he'll um, always make sure everything's like in tick mode in polyphonic mm. um, so that he can like change the key. He can change the tempo at any time. Um, <clears throat> uh, a cool trick that he showed me actually for my single that I released, uh, the first uh, track on my um, album uh, intro um, I was asking him how do how can I make this like beefier this like organ sound, and he was like, "Oh, okay, duplicate the track and then take that track, the audio, and um, pitch it down um a full like um a full twelve uh, semitones," and I was like, "Huh, okay, let me try it," and like it made like the sound of the organ sound just so much bigger and like it just filled the mix so much better. And then he was like, why don't you do that to everything? And so like I did that and then, so like if you hear the track, um, I have like a guitar lead part. And when I did that, it gave me like that octave guitar pedal thing, mm -hmm. which I learned. And I know that's like super simple, but it's just something that you don't like really think about every day. You know, so it was kind of cool to learn that process. And just, like, a lot of other things, like uh, filtering. Um, and, like, his big thing is, like, effects. Like, so if he wants to add an effect to something, he wants to hear it. Like, it's not, like, subtle at all. Which I thought was, like, kind of interesting because, like, I'm so used to, like, you know, 
just, you know, bring it up three decibels, you know, bring up the reverb, uh, send three decibels. But he's like, nah, like, I want to hear the reverb. I want to hear, like, the delay repeats. Like, I want to hear, like, the flanger and, and the chorus, like, really chorusing, like, sounding out of tune almost, you know? Um, so it was kind of cool um, learning those processes, too. And just also, like, checking your mixes um, via multiple, like, uh, monitors. I haven't had I hadn't had the chance to actually do that being back in Virginia only having like one pair of speakers um so now like having like three four pairs of speakers at a time has been like huge um for like my process of mixing and stuff so and he's got some really nice monitors in there luckily I was uh fortunate enough to be able to hang out with you for a minute when we went out to LA for Nam and he's got some really nice custom ocean way monitors yeah the piano black they're absolutely incredible it makes the whole room rattle and it's incredible i love them so much um that's actually my final like process so i i usually start on ns10s and mix everything in ns10s now because i just got my own pair of ns10s which i'm in love with and then uh, did you get the actual like vintage yamaha ones or did you get the like cla ones the vintage nice yeah 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 I actually traded my Adams for it. Um, yeah, a friend of mine like wanted the Adams speakers, and he had a pair of NS10s, and I was like, "This is the best." Yes, I want to do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So from so from uh, mixing the N- through the NS10s, then I take it to the Ocean Waves and like just finalize on like the bass because it's like really hard to mix bass on the NS10s without like a sub or anything like that. So, yeah, it's been nice to have that luxury for sure. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Now, how has has he been really nice? I know some bigger, how do you say, more influential producers, engineers that allow people to intern. Some of them are very kind and allow them to put their name on certain songs like credits to build their credit list. Some of them are absolutely anal about it and do not let anybody on the credits list unless they worked on it. How has Omas Keith been with letting you work on stuff? And how long, what was the kind of the process before he even let you, like, trusted you to get to that point? Well, you got to know that, like, I came from an engineering background. So, like, you know, the first thing I learned in engineering school was um, when you're in a session, shut the fuck up. Like, don't talk at all. Like, just do what they ask you. And then other than that, don't give any feedback unless they ask you for it and stuff like that. So I came in to... his world like with that mentality i just sat there with a notebook and took notes all the time and then as he started to see like start to trust me that was like the biggest thing with him like in his world he works with a lot of people that he knows so like me being a new person he had to trust me first but once he trusted me and like understood that i knew what i was doing um he you know, put me on everything, everything he could. Um, anytime he had a session, he would want me to engineer, although he's like an engineer himself. He's an engineer, producer, artist, songwriter, everything, all the things, which is huge for me because that's kind of what I am. So that's been like really helpful for my growth and to see like what it looks like to be like a professional doing all of those aspects. Um, so yeah, no, he's been like super nice Allowing me to work with um, Nao, um, 
Lucky Day, um, Tori Kelly, um, Anderson, Pac. Dude, I love Anderson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a very nice guy. Awesome, awesome dude. I mean, everybody that I've worked with thus far has been so nice, and I, I honestly think it's because, you know, they're kind of linked to Omos in some way. Um, his His way of, like, working is, like, he has to, like, know the person, like I said. So a lot of the artists that are coming in, they are, like, really chill, really laid back. Um, Drum is another, like, person that I want to bring up. Uh, VA, let's get it. Um, yeah, so, like, everybody has been just super nice, and Omas has been super open to, like, allowing us to get credits on, sh- uh, on stuff. So I have a couple questions that I want to ask. The first being, in typical economic marketplaces uh especially in the US typically the more you niche down the more you specialize the more work you get the more money you could potentially make to the point where my basic assumption was that in LA most people would just be a mix engineer or recording engineer where in in Utah where I'm at most people are not specialized they have to be able to do everything because it is a much smaller marketplace um so number one question Omas Keith being everything, is that weird or normal in LA? And number two, does he have a specialty and gets hired for one thing more than another? It's a little bit of both. So it's actually not weird. Um, and you're right about like other places, like you have to be everything. And that's kind of like how I was taught, even in high school. Um, so. It's actually really refreshing to see like someone so like professional and so high up doing all of those things. Um, because is that that's pretty rare, right? At that level, it's rare at that level because a lot of the older um, art uh, artists, producers, engineers that's kind of their process. Like everybody is specialized in things, but a lot of like the professional people that are coming up right now they're kind of on, like, the mentality of, like, know everything. Hmm. Um, even artists, like, if you're an artist, you need to know marketing. Like, you need to work on marketing yourself. Yeah. If you don't have a manager, you need to manage yourself. Like, um, I mean, you yourself own a business, and you're an engineer, and you market your own stuff. Like, that's normal, especially coming up. It kind of shows, it shows, like, the people that are looking out for like the next big thing um to know that like you're serious about your craft to like enough to to want to know every aspect of of that craft so i wouldn't say it's weird at all and he does get hired sometimes for just engineering or just producing um mainly producing because that's like what he's known for but he's like you know starting to do like more of the artistry thing now this year and um, that's been cool to see him like start making beats again and like doing that for himself, which has been really cool. And then, um, yeah, with the engineering thing, it's only like if uh, if like an artist comes in and and they don't bring their own engineer, which mm. doesn't happen as often as you think. A lot of um, a lot of artists will bring like big artists like signed to Sony Capital, what what have you, will bring engineers. And when they don't have engineers, Almas will actually ask us to engineer to give us opportunities. 
So I that's see. been huge. Mm-hmm. That is actually huge. Yeah. So I I don't want to say too much about some of our private conversations that we've had in the past. In my position, there's two options in my mind. You can intern for someone local, stay local, build your own business, market, um, especially as a producer, as an engineer, as a studio owner, whatever it is, um, or move somewhere to a better location, Nashville, Florida, New York, LA, uh, which you did. (laughs) But the one thing that I think that I've been able to do is from my time, I've been able to make money quick in the sense that I have a kid and a second on the way, um, and I have you know a place that to live and food to eat from just music, but I have no like huge credits. Like I have some claim to fame, but I think on the opposite hand, from our private conversations before, you were talking about like oh like there was a little bit of like jealous feeling from me to you, not jealous, but like oh that's so awesome, like uh, an inspiring an inspiring feeling from me to you, like you inspire me. But there's, you also mentioned that there's a little bit of you, you, I'm inspired by, you know, you're inspired by me and what I do, which is like a total 180 on the way that I'm thinking it. Cause in my mind, maybe I'm just seeing the greener grass on your side, but what, what is kind of like, if you had to start over again, or if there's someone that's in a similar position with you where the path is split, whether to start at home and to continue going at home or to take that step of risk, what is kind of your, how do you say, like, uh, your advice? Um, it's a hard one because uh, for me, I was ready. And that's what you need to know. Um, actually, a producer that works here a lot um, is managed by Omas, uh, Jeff Giddy. He's actually responsible um, for hers last album that was nominated um for a grammy he's incredible incredible guy he's kind of like us grew up like playing in bands and stuff like that but the thing that he told me we had a a heart-to-heart conversation about just me and like my artistry and stuff because when i first got there you know to to hollywood i was kind of focused more on the engineering thing because that was kind of like my you know foot in the door kind of thing but I told him, you know, I wanted to be an artist. And he said, okay, cool. So, like, start acting like an artist. And I asked him, what, what do you mean? And what he said was, like, you have to, like, have that mentality that you're an artist. Like, when someone comes up to you and asks you, like, what do you do? You have to say you're an artist. Like, you have to be, like, spending hours and hours, like, working on music. And he said... He was being ser- completely serious, um, but it was really hard for me to take him seriously. He said, um, honestly, I wouldn't be sleeping if I were you. Like, I would just be working on music all the time. Really? And f- Yeah, and, like, for me to hear that, because, like, I was telling him how, like, uh, s- the songs that you're seeing, like, come out right now, um, that you'll see, like, on Instagram and all the socials, um, I was working on those projects, and I was spending, like, hours and hours, like, 24 hours on some of these tracks like working on these like super hard like getting really in depth with like my production and just editing and just like harm harmonic like you know thought and just so much stuff was like like brain power was going into this project 
And I was talking to him about it, and that was his, like, response. He was like, this is a good start, but, like, you got to keep going. Like, this is a good first step. I, I'm excited for the next one. You know, that was his mentality. And so what I'm trying to say is my advice to people is you have to be ready. Like, you have to know that you know that this is the right move for you. So if you feel stuck, like, wherever you're at or not feeling fulfilled, that's because you've reached that, like, that, that ceiling. And so when I look at you and your career, the reason why I'm so, like, I admire your career is because you built something from nothing, which a lot of people can't do themselves. And so what I see in that is you saw a uh, ceiling and you went away from it. Like you didn't just intern at a local studio because you knew that you can't be as good. You can't be better than the person you're interning for. That's just not how it works. Like a human will not put someone ahead of them unless they're, you know, their kid or something. You know what I mean? It's just like a normal thing. So like me working for Omas, I know that I'm never going to be better than Omas if I'm working under Omas, right? But I was nowhere near Omas when I started. And no one in Virginia at the time was doing the things that Omas was doing. So it was a no-brainer for me. I hit that that ceiling and I knew that I wanted to do something better um, for my life and that was moving. And that's how I knew I was ready. That is That is awesome. I love that you stated like you were ready, like to a certain degree, it kind of sounds like you were like unsatisfied with the growth and like progression. And I mean, I think a lot of us know who Gary Vee is and he talks about being patient, you know, like be patient, you're young, you're young. But I think there's a little bit of beauty in like, how do you say like impatience for growth? Can I, can I stop you there as yeah. well? Because you brought up you're young, you're young. And that's something that I think about all the time. Every time I make a decision, it's what me as a kid would want. And I know that's like really like immature if you think about it. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. So I'd rather do something that I genuinely love and care about. And something that makes me feel like a kid again. You know what I mean? So like during the quarantine time, like, I'm going to watch some Disney movies because, like, it makes me feel like a kid again. Like, I'm going to work on music. I'm going to move out to L.A. because that excites me, you know? And those are the feelings that I, like, stretch out for. Like, me going to that engineering school, I was excited. Like, there was so many things in my life that I went towards because it excited me. And I think that um, just the way that I like to put it, the phrase, the things that you just said, for me— I think the things that excite me are things that t- help me grow, progress, right? For me, I feel like happiness is in progression. So like, for example, like my least favorite job that I've ever had was like the rentals lead at Guitar Center. Like I loved working at Guitar Center. Sales was fine. Being on the floor was I cool. did rentals at Music and Arts. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like rentals, like Hated that job. you like wait for people to come in and you sit around and try not to like to look busy in front of the manager, you're just like, you do nothing. And there was no progression. And that was killing me. And for me, like, sure, there was a risk of taking out a loan to start up a studio, you know, especially when 
you're like a student and you're married and stuff like there's a lot of risk but in my mind that was the best way to progress as fast as I possibly could if I forced myself into a situation like I wasn't investing for business I was investing to put myself in a situation for personal growth which for you I think you've done that you've set yourself up for growth and for success and you have mentioned to me many times that the just where you're at the environment that you surround yourself with, the people that you surround yourself with has been some of the most uplifting um, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, as well as like um, educationally, right? Absolutely. That is a huge part of it, being around positive energy. And that's, that's what I have gotten thus far in Hollywood. Now, don't get me wrong, like there hasn't been like dark times in this move and if you talk to anybody that moves out to LA they always say that the first year is the hardest and for me it was definitely really hard just like leaving home and like leaving a lot of things that were comforts because I I left comfort there was no comfort here the only comfort I had was the possibility that that thought of possibility what is going to happen next and so yeah I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, but like you kind of kept seeking after what's ahead of you. Absolutely. I, yeah. And I love that one thing that you said to me um, when we were hanging out in LA is that a lot of times you felt like, like things were supposed to happen. Like at one point, see for me, like I'm the mentality of work hard, work hard, work hard you know, keep, keep working hard. And if you keep working hard and like busting your butt, then things are going to happen. But I think that you have that mentality too, but I think you have a really nice balance of also like, okay, if things are supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen. Absolutely. It's, it's really important in the music industry to not take things too hard because that's how you burn out quickly. Um, that's definitely something that I learned from Omas. And just from a lot of mentors in my life. Um, even my father, to be honest, he's one of my biggest mentors. Um, when you make mistakes or when you take risks, um, there, is, there is that opportunity for failure. But if you take failure and you look at it as an opportunity to learn something, um, it, 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 it's easier to, to drink, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no. I, I, I think it's so important to have faith in yourself. And that's a lot, that's a big part of like, um, like knowing that you're ready. You have to like have a strong sense of self to know that you're making the right decision for your life right now in this moment. Well, I think I, I'm going to wrap up the episode. And I think you've been very, very helpful, very insightful. I think there's a lot that listeners can learn from this episode from you. Um, and just open everyone's mind just a little bit. Uh, there is no one path to take. There is no one direction. More importantly, if you want it and you're willing to go get it, things will happen. Things will move in your favor. Um, Absolutely. In a mentally healthy way, like never be satisfied with your personal growth, right? Like I'm not saying like be super depressive about it, like never be satisfied, but I mean it like always be hungry, right? Yes, but it's also important to, to reward yourself when when you win like it's the work hard play hard mentality is so important 
Um, because, you know, life, life passes you so fast. And like the amount of records that I've made in, in LA compared to the records that I made in Virginia is astronomic, astronomically um, larger. Um, I think I made only, th- I only put out three singles um, as an EP um, in Virginia the whole time I've been in Virginia. And I think I moved here, I moved here when I was 25 or 24. And now I'm 25 going on 26. And I've, I've released at least eight or nine tracks in a, less than a year. And that's, that's crazy because of the, the amount of growth, like just from moving. And, 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 and also, and, and that's what I mean by like time and like how it goes by so fast. And what I'm trying to get at is it's important to be like to party, you know, it's important to have fun and, 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 and be thankful and take a second and say, yes, I just did this. You know, it, it's not, it's not a bad thing to like look back at your tracks or listen to your tracks, you know, and be like, wow, I did this. Cause that's actually a form of motivation in itself. Sometimes, you know, it's, I'm, and this is why I love like being like an artist, engineer, producer, all of these things, um, you know, when I can't write, you know, because art, artists have writer's block. It just, it happens. When I can't write, I can mix. And when I can't mix, you know, I'll, engin- I'll, I'll, uh, I'll produce, like I'll make a beat or something. Or I'll listen back to my tr- tracks and then that will motivate me to then write. And it's just like a cycle. So it's so important to like look back at your work and, and, and be thankful for it. Yeah. And, and be happy with it. But also, it's important to always put yourself, and I think this is w- where we um, line up, is you got to put yourself in a place, in a position, in a location, whatever it is, in a mental state, whatever it is, to learn something. You have to be around people that know more than you. That's just how it is. Yeah. If you want to grow. So I think last question before we wrap up is... Moving to LA, moving to New York, moving to Atlanta, moving to Nashville, these bigger music cities is not a viable option for everyone. In fact, it's probably not a viable option for most people. Um, how would you say, uh, what, is, what do you think the best way is to continue where you're at, to grow where you're at? And um, when do you think, like, to what kind of listener audience member listening right now is probably not suited for LA life. That's hard for me to tell. And, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. It has to be, you have to have that mentality of this is what I have to do because that's the only way you're going to succeed in LA. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants the same thing. And it's just whoever is willing to put in the work, the time, the effort. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not, fully viable for everybody that is one mentality the other mentality is an extreme mentality which i i do believe in the music industry that's what makes the difference is is to do something that might not make sense you know in order to to reach a specific goal and that's what i did like moving out here you know it in my gut it felt like i it, it was something I wanted to do. It excited me. But on the other hand, you know, there are like 12, 15 different people telling me 
that this is not the right move. You shouldn't do this. You're going to be in debt. It's scary out there. There's a lot of bad people. I mean, the list goes on, and you probably heard it before too, but sometimes the right choice is not the choice that makes the most sense. So it really is, it's, it's, it's a leap of faith. I know that's not fully answering and it's probably making people feel like, I don't know, I still don't know. But like, honestly, that's what it is. That's it. You don't know, but you have yeah. to have faith that something good's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and I think one thing that I want to leave people um, off with is um, a lot of people that we know have done music with us, same age, whatever or same group of friends, but like you and me, like the difference is that we kept doing it. And that's what like this industry is. And that's what any industry is. Like if you keep doing it and keep growing, keep learning, you're going to succeed. That's just like, it's math. And I love that. And I love your work hard, play hard mentality. That was actually something that my dad has always said to me growing up. Like, hey, we work hard and we play hard. And I don't think I really understood fully what it meant until you just said that right now. What it means to play hard, to relax, to like go easy on yourself. Um, before I was thinking work hard, play hard meant you work hard so you can play hard. But I think what you meant it as is you work hard and play hard so you don't burn out, so you can continue. Yeah, because people have that mentality of the, des- the destination, but they don't think about the journey. The journey is the destination. like. The, the steps that you take, that's what it is. And if you let that pass you and not be thankful for it, then you have nothing at the end of the day, unfortunately. Yo, I love that. I'm, I'm tweeting that right now. The journey is the destination. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you and your music, Riyadh? Um, very simple. Um, it's rshawi.com. So R-C-H-A-O-U-I.com. Everything about me is on that website. Perfect, perfect. With that, thank you for listening to this episode. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show.